Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our message is from Mark chapter 10, verses 28 through 31. Jesus was really on a roll in this chapter, saying surprising, even shocking things that the disciples wondered over. He was correcting misconceptions of just about everyone who spoke to him about things like marriage and divorce, the special place that children of God have in God's heart, and what is required to obtain eternal life. Well, he might as well continue. The rich young ruler had just left, dejected, because Jesus told him he'd have to sell off all his possessions and follow Jesus if he wanted to enter the kingdom of heaven. So Peter, now wide-eyed, asks the obvious question, what about us? Jesus uses the opportunity to point out again that God often evaluates things in a way that is completely opposite how the world evaluates things. How do you evaluate things? The world's way or God's way? Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The First Will Be Last. From an earthly perspective, it it seems like people in this world who struggle in many ways, well, they kind of get left behind. But remember what he's just said? Salvation is impossible by your own works. Salvation is impossible except by the grace of God, and so is the matter of figuring out how everything is going to pan out in heaven. We don't see it. Earlier that day, probably everybody there had figured when this rich young ruler ran up to Jesus and started asking him his questions, they figured he was a leading candidate for heavenly rewards, and now they know they're wrong. So to drive the truth deeper into their hearts, Jesus adds one more sentence, usually quoted partially and never quoted in context. Mark 10, 31, but many who are first will be last and the last first. What you think will be the heavenly outcome in any situation in anybody's life may be very far from the way it will actually turn out. You see, your perceptions... Our perceptions, my perceptions, are deeply tainted by our earthbound perspectives. We just can't see everything in the spiritual realm. It's also bound by our own sinfulness. We have a sense of right and wrong and fair and unfair, and that's not necessarily how God counts things. So what did Jesus mean, but many who are first will be last and the last first? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus explained. He gave a great explanation. Mark didn't record it, but Matthew did. And so I want you to turn and look at it. I've never been able to study any of the Gospels without studying all four of the Gospels and making sure we see how things fit. And this is one where the whole situation just screams out, go to Matthew, go to Matthew, go to Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew because I got to decide. We left everything, says Peter. What's in it for us? So, I want you to come to Matthew chapter 20. 
verses 1 through 16. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Now, this is the start of a new chapter in Matthew, and it's one of those really, really bad chapter divisions. It really ought not to be a chapter division. If I were breaking up the gospel of Matthew into chapters, there'd be about eight, not 28. Um, Notice how this chapter begins. It begins with the word for. This is the explanation of what Jesus meant when He said, the first shall be last and the last first. That's the end of Matthew 19, just as it's Mark 10, 31. What Jesus meant is that when it comes to the judgment of God, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to eternal rewards that He gives to His servants, there will be many surprises to us. Many that we may think are in line for the top positions, the greatest rewards in the future, they may be at the back of the pack, like the the rich young ruler. I still like to fancy that he got saved. I'd love to think he was one of those 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, but we don't know. Conversely, there are many who appear to be far back in the race, not to have those positions of privilege and opportunity like Oh, say like fishermen from Galilee, or tax collectors like Matthew, or disciples who are quietly faithful in Boise, Idaho two millennia later. A lot of them may turn out to come out on top when the race is over. So immediately, Jesus speaks this parable which elaborates on Matthew, on Mark 10 31, which is also the end of Matthew 19. It's a parable for those of us who are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It is to let us know that under the rule of our king, things are not necessarily as they now appear to us. The parable illustrates the nature of the king. It tells us how his character is manifest in his judgments He is just. He does things right. He is sovereign in judgment because He is the judge. He is generous and He's merciful because He is just as loving as He is righteous. He knows motives as well as performances. He understands hearts as well as He understands resumes. He knew what was in the rich young ruler's heart. That's why He answered so differently from what people expected. So Matthew chapter 20, verse 1, for, in other words, to explain to you what I meant by many who are first shall be last and the last first, for the kingdom of heaven is like, now here's the beginning of a parable, a story made up to tell a a, a spiritual principle, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Kingdom of heaven is like tells you that this is an explanation of how the kingdom of heaven is appropriately described by that saying, many who are first will be last and the last first. The the landowner in this parable is a a, a wealthy man. He He owns a large vineyard. Now, the rich young ruler owned a lot of stuff too, but this, this is a good guy who owns a big vineyard. And this is a great illustration because vineyards were common in Israel. People knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. Now, I've never been a uh, grower of grapes. I, I've never successfully grown anything except weeds and a little bit of grass to go along with them. But 
It's crucial to get the grapes off the vine at just the right time. So just like in our world, there are uh, migrant farm workers who move around from place to place, from harvest to harvest. They get hired by the day, especially at, at harvest time. Many could find a lot of extra work during the grape harvest. The vineyard here represents the kingdom of heaven in this era. The kingdom of heaven, which, by the way, is the same as the kingdom of God, in this era is the church. Now, we look for the millennial kingdom when Jesus comes and reigns on earth, but this is the form of the kingdom that was a mystery. It was never revealed before until Jesus taught about it. Matthew has done a lot in developing this. Matthew chapter 13 is a whole series of kingdom parables about how the the nature of the kingdom in this age will be different than anything they had known, revealing the mysteries never before made known. We saw some of those in in Mark uh, chapter 4. So here's the picture. This guy owns a great big vineyard, and he goes out to hire workers. He went out early in the morning. That would be around 6 a.m., the work day during the harvest was sun up to sundown. Laborers who were looking for work would gather in the marketplace of the nearest village or town, and men like the landowner could come and find them, negotiate a price for a day's work, and send them off to work in the vineyard. Verse 2, when he had agreed with the laborers, For a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. A denarius is an amount of money. It was a standard pay for a day for a Roman soldier. So there were coins that were denarii. Day laborers for something like harvesting grapes would have considered that a good amount of pay for one day. A whole denarius, that's what a skilled soldier would get paid, A whole denarius is more than a farm worker probably would have expected. But this landowner is a fair man, a good man, a kind man, a generous man. He expects a good day's work, but he's willing to pay a generous wage to get it. So he's going to treat his workers well. And would you notice it says, when when he had agreed with the laborers, he sent them into the vineyard. That's going to become very significant. Now, Jesus said all of this. In response to Peter's question, Behold, we've left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? This parable addresses, at least in part, the issue of asking, What's in it for us? What's in it for me? That's not maybe the best question to be asking. I understand it, but you're going to see that There's a different perspective, a better perspective. By the way, this parable is a complete refutation of the concepts that are driven by the perversions of the gospel going on these days. Like, for example, one of the best-selling Christian books of the last couple of years, Your Best Life Now, um, that's not possible unless you're going to hell. Now you need to be concentrating on working faithfully for the landowner, if you will, in the kingdom of of heaven. Well, let's look what this tells us here. Matthew 20, verses 3 and 4. And he went out about the third hour, he, the landowner, 
and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you too go into the vineyard. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.